Hi, you may take your seats. Great job, Claire. Well, that was wonderful. That was absolutely fantastic. You know, it's so good to come in as a visitor and just experience God together as family. That was powerful. I was super encouraged and built up by just the sense of um, participation and oneness in the room. So I just want to encourage you guys. That was just fantastic. I, I felt that um, I got a word while we were worshipping for you guys as a church. And it's a word from Jesus. And that word is this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You are prevailing. This church is prevailing. The presence of God is here. You're going somewhere. You're doing something. You've got a box full of people's names. You're praying over. You're seeing breakthrough. This is fantastic. I'm encouraged and I want you to be too. And I'm hoping that what I can share with you today will be some sort of an encouragement. Amen? Well, before we do that, let's just pray. I'd just like to bring a welcome from our senior ministers, Pastor Joel Chala and Sharon Chalaya from Centerpoint Church. Um, so they, I know, that, you know them well. They love you guys and they're really behind you. So we bring a welcome from them today, Pastor Denise and myself, and, and we're just really glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for the honour to be here. Let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you don't allow us to wallow around and just, and just waste time. And you're constantly guiding us and leading us. And, and even in this difficult time, you are saying, I will build this church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Whether it's COVID, whether it's something else, whether it's politics or legal, you are saying you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we thank you for your church this morning. Thank you that we can be part of what you were doing. Lord, we want to bless you this morning. Lord, we pray for pastors Nate and Beck and we pray for Sam. God, we lift them up to you for blessing. Let them not be stressed by this season. Let them have confidence that you are building the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Let them have confidence that they can build and they can sow and they can grow and they can learn and they can expand and, and they can see this church do amazing things in you. God, we bless them and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great. It is really great to be here. So thank you. It's been a couple of years since we were here, um, but we really enjoyed coming last time. So it's great to see what God's doing with you guys. You know... I believe that sometimes, I'm sure you'd agree, we, we need a, a slight recalibration of our lives. And, and we need to come back to the things that are really important. And I know in my own life, I, I need to sometimes recalibrate and, and, and shift some things to make sure that I'm keeping the main thing the main thing. Well, many, many years ago, this is a long time ago, I decided that I needed to learn how to touch type because I, you know, I'd never typed anything in my life before, never even done this. And, 
and I realised computers were becoming the thing and I got to learn to touch type. So I got a typing tutor and I taught myself how, through this typing tutor how to touch type. And I noticed with touch typing that there's two little dots on the keys. There's an, on the F key and the J key, there's a little bump. So it, it helps you to be able to feel where you are. Because what I noticed about touch typing is it didn't matter how fast you could type or how skilled you were at touch typing, if one of your fingers was slightly off the F or the J key, nothing was intelligent. Nothing, it was just mumbo jumbo. It doesn't matter how fast and how well you did this thing, that slight alignment of that one key and all of a sudden everything worked and English came out. It was quite astonishing. But you had to make sure that your finger was on the F and the J key or nothing worked. You were doing the right thing. You had the ability, but nothing meaningful was created because it was slightly out of alignment. You know, sometimes our lives are like that. And definitely our Christian lives can be like that. And I know that I need to keep coming back and realigning and making sure that the main thing is the main thing so that I can work hard and I can build the kingdom and, and things actually work. Th th not mumbo-jumbo, but things actually come together. But we, sometimes we need to start with aligning ourselves in the right position. So this morning... I'd like to talk about something that is very much at the centre of God's heart and his will and purpose for every one of our lives, every one of us. And especially in this season with this whole COVID thing happening, this is, this is a great opportunity and really important. But I'm going to talk this morning about something which I believe is very, very intimidating for a lot of people, sharing our faith. Now, I purposefully haven't used the E word. Because for many of us, the word evangelism causes us to think about program and process and teaching and outreach and structure and scary stuff. The word Evangelism causes us to go, oh, oh. And you know what? Progress, a pro program and process is good. It's okay. But there is a better way. And you know, I personally believe that the only reason we need program for evangelism is because it isn't lifestyle. And it's easy to get out of alignment. Just I'm not talking big, major, sinful, disastrous. I'm talking about one finger being slightly off the key and nothing meaningful is created. See, we've had to make evangelism program because it isn't lifestyle. So, look, I was personally reminded of this not so long ago. Um, I have, we have a business and, and, and I have a customer who is he's a really nice guy and he's sort of become a friend. And 
he lives in Peppermint Grove and we live in Safety Bay. And he rang me up one day and he said, can I come down to your place and, and talk to you about a job? And I thought, well, you don't really need to come to my place to talk to me about a job. But yes, you can come down. So he drove all the way from Peppermint Grove to my place. And he sat in our home and we talked about the job and that was all good, no problems. Then he started to talk about his son-in-law who was a young man who had cancer and was very sick and becoming sicker. And, you know, I listened and went, yes, and smiled all in the right places and, 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 and tried to be compassionate and all that sort of thing. And then he left and he went home. And after he left home, Denise said to me, he said, she said, you know, you didn't even offer to pray for him. You know, I missed a God-arranged situation, just totally missed it, completely. You know, and it's either the Holy Spirit or your wife who will make sure that you keep staying right, men, staying on the right track. You know, I ha if our thoughts aren't correctly calibrated and aligned with God's plan, we miss those really good opportunities. So I had to ring him back. I had to go, look, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't offer to pray for you. And, you know, what's his name? And can, we, can I pray for him? And we prayed and, and, and you know, it's, it's all been fine. But the thing was, though, that I wasn't aware of what God was doing in that situation. You see, God will create opportunities if we are willing I noticed a couple of things about Jesus' teaching on this topic. And they're very, very simple. Now, check this out. This is Matthew 5.13. Jesus said this, You are the salt of the earth. Not you will be, or maybe you will be, or you could be. He said you are the salt of the earth. Now, let me ask you, does salt have to struggle to be salty? No. You see, it just is. It is already. All it has to do is be present and release what it already has. Now, Matthew 5.14, also another one-liner that just... He said, you are the light of the world. Now, does light have to struggle to be light and to dispel darkness? No, it just is. All it has to do is be present and release what it already has. Salt will bring flavour, light will dispel darkness and you have what you need to share your faith. All you have to do is be present and release what you already have. You might go, well, not me. You don't know me. I'm not good with evangelism. Well, no, I'm not either. You know what? None of us are. Evangelism, it's not something that any of us are naturally good at. Well, maybe occasionally there's some bizarre people out there who are really good with it but most people like us it it takes some it takes some effort and it and it takes 
takes some overcoming some fear. But you know what? This isn't about you. Okay? It's not about me. It's, and it's, it's not about you. This is about what God can do through us. See, God knows that we're not naturally good at this. He, he knows that. Isn't that comforting? You know, something like, phew, God, well, I'm glad you don't think I'm some evangelistic giant, you know. You know that I can't do this on my, own, my, on my own. You know that it causes me to be fearful. You know that I need help with this. He didn't just cast us out there and say, go reach the world. He knew that we were incapable of doing that. In fact, Jesus in John 14, this is, this, this is when he had uh, been... Um, no, he had been crucified on the cross, is the word I was looking for. And he was just about to ascend to heaven and he said this to his disciples. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He knew. <laughs> he knew that they're not going to be able to do this on their own. And then a little bit further down the same chapter in um, verse 26 of uh, John 14, it says, Jesus said, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and show you he will be the one that causes you to be able to do what I'm asking you to do. And then he makes this amazing statement right after the statement about encouraging them towards evangelism. He says, peace I leave with you. Yeah, yeah. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, when it comes to relying on the Holy Spirit for what we need for evangelism, we don't have to fear. That way we can release it to him. It's his responsibility. You know, this is God's idea. It's not your idea. It should be our idea. But God came up with this it's his desire so he will equip you he will prepare you he will give you everything you need if you allow the holy spirit to work through you rest in him in fact jesus went one step further with the disciples and he said this in Luke 24, 49. He says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father, once again talking about the Holy Spirit to empower upon you. But tarry or wait in Jerusalem until you are endured with, endured with power from on high. He said, wait, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. You're not ready. I'm sending the promise. See that? He knew. He knew full well that in our own strength, that in the natural, reaching the lost was just impossible. He said, in fact, don't do anything. Don't go, you'll make a mess of this thing if you go out now. That this is something that we do through the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So it isn't about what you know or how powerful your testimony is. How many Bible colleges you've been to? They help. This is about having the Holy Spirit in you 
and your relationship with him. It's a partnership. He chose you. Sorry. He, he chose to need you and you need him. And if you can live with the awareness of this partnership, you will change lives for eternity. And that's why I started with talking about a realignment or a recalibration. I've been a Christian for a long time, but I know that, well, two weeks ago, I actually got back together with God and go, God, every day you need to show me and guide. I want to walk with your Holy Spirit every day. I want to, I want to do this thing with you every day. You, you, we need realigning. We need to come back to the point of what's important and how am I going to achieve what God wants me to do in my life. But if you can stay aware of the partnership, you will. You'll change lives for eternity. See, that's the recalibration. I sat in the living room of my house with my customer, not being attuned or aligned or aware of what the Holy Spirit was doing. You know, when we start to um, journey with the Holy Spirit, the spirit life becomes this amazing adventure. And I'm sure that many of you have walked with God for a while can understand what I'm saying. When, when the Holy Spirit is leading you, when you're hearing from Him about the, the situations of life and direction and, and people around you, and all, this, it, there's an incredible adventure taking place. This is, the, this is the life of, of fullness that Jesus talked about when he said, you know, I've come to bring you life and life more abundantly. This is an amazing adventure. See, he wants to orchestrate events for you, for him, you and him to do together. He wants to orchestrate those events in your life. Now, I saw this dramatically on one occasion. Now, this happened a long time ago, but it was very dramatic and it changed my life for good. What happened one morning is um, Denise and I were living in South Africa. We were over there working for a missions organisation, just about to go and work in the Western Indian Ocean. And I woke up one morning and I felt a little convicted that, that I hadn't talked to anybody about Jesus for a while. And I'm thinking, I'm here as a missionary, you know, like, and I haven't talked to anybody about Jesus for a while. Something's wrong here. I need some recalibration. I need realigning. And I said, I made this rash statement to God. I prayed this rash prayer. I said, God, I want you to lead somebody across my path today that you want me to talk to about you. I want you to bring me a person to talk to about you. And then while I'm talking to that person, I want you to show me a sign, some sort of sign to know that this is the person that you have brought. God is good. Well, I finished my prayer and went off about my day like every good missionary did and I actually was out surfing, and as every good missionary should be doing. And, and I, was try, you know, I was just in, sitting in the water and between waves I was talking to the guy who was next to me, hi, how are you going? And he goes, oh, yeah, Australian, yeah, yeah, Australian. What are you doing here? Oh, I work for a missions organisation here when I'm not surfing. And, um, you know, we started chatting. 
between waves and 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 we have struck up quite a conversation and you know he started asking me about why and and where and how and and i started to tell him about jesus you know while i was telling him about jesus i heard this sound in the sky and i looked up and there was an airplane a small aircraft flying across the sky right behind us towing this enormous banner that said jesus is lord Well, I was shocked. And so was the guy I was sitting with. We, he, he looked at me and he goes, how did you do that? <laughs> Serious. It actually happened. And I, 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 went, I went, God, you are wonderful. You are hilarious, God. Nobody could have orchestrated that other than the God that created the heavens and the earth. Amen? It was powerful. I asked for a sign. Yeah, actually, um, the guy who flew the plane, I, I was telling somebody, I spoke about it in a church, actually, in South Africa, and the guy who flew the plane knew somebody in the church, and they told the guy in the plane about what had happened. And he said, that's the first time I've ever got any feedback for going up and spending my money and my, using my plane to tow my Jesus is Lord sign. No, so he did get the feedback. But, you know, God wants to orchestrate those type of events for you and for me, to see people get saved. It's something we do together, but we've got to stay aware and stay connected to what he wants to do. Amen? Because he's looking forward to orchestrating events for you. I've noticed this. Like even, you know, I was saying a couple of weeks, I went, God orchestrate some events for me. It happened. There was opportunity for me to talk to people that I hadn't had for a while. We've just got to keep coming back to this thing. I'm going to just go through four things that you need to keep in mind about sharing your faith. Hopefully this will help you. Firstly, you don't need to be a spiritual giant. In fact, I find often that um, people who have just got saved, only been Christians a week, sometimes are better at sharing about Jesus than people who have been saved for 25 years. You know, it's like that salt thing. You just need to release what you have. If you have a testimony that Jesus saved you yesterday, then that's all the salt you need. If you have a testimony that you've been serving Jesus for 35 years and you've seen some incredible things and he's changed your life, that you've got big bags of salt. It's all you need. You know, I'm not not anti-training or anti-program or I'm not anti any of that stuff. All I'm saying is you have what you need. He has given you what you need. Share about what he's done in you. You know, just share about, this is mine. I've noticed with testimony, it says that in Revelations that we, we will overcome by the power of our testimony. Now, you, your testimony is yours. It's personal. Nobody can deny that. You can't argue with your testimony. This is why sometimes I think, you know, people who know little but have a, have a testimony, that's all they need. That is fantastic. You know, because it's really all about you and your relationship with God. 
and your relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, he will show you what you need to say. He will guide you on this. In fact, you have this promise, and this comes from Mark 13, 10 to 12. It says, And the gospel must be preached to all nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry about or beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. What, but whatever is given to you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now it's talking about gospel being preached to all nations. And then in the same verse or next verse, talks about hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying and speak that. So awareness of him is the key. Knowledge, not so. Awareness of him and what he's doing. Like I often consider, like, how good would my relationship with my wife be if I paid a little or no attention or had very little awareness of what she was doing? What wife? Exactly. I wouldn't deserve to have one, right? Wives, how nice would it be if your husbands, listen up husbands, were constantly aware of you, aware of where is she, what's she doing? Yes, I can hear her, yeah, she's, yeah, I'm constantly aware of where my wife is and what she's doing. It might be a bit of a shock. Now, I try really hard to be constantly aware of what Denise is doing. Yeah, I know. I, try, I said I'd try. I said I'd try. I said I'd try. But just think of it. Awareness. I just preached this message, actually. And I was, Denise was standing at the door as I, as I walked out of the church and walked straight past her and didn't realise she was there. I try. But this is, this is my point is awareness, if we're aware of the Holy Spirit with us, you know, that's where relationship is at. That's what builds relationship. That's, that's what connects us is the fact that we're aware of each other. Awareness is a good thing. Where were we? Always be aware of the Holy Spirit. Now, the nice thing about this is you can change this today. This, now, right now, this is your decision. This isn't something that you've got to, oh, no, I need to wait until I've done this. Or, oh, no, no. No, awareness is your decision today. You have what you need. You know, we, a couple of years ago, um, we took a team from a church in Perth and we went to the Philippines. Now, we've done several trips to the Philippines and, and we chose the Philippines for a reason. We, we took... A bunch of people who had never experienced, or most of them, had never experienced the miraculous. They'd never prayed for people and seen people healed. They'd never seen any of that sort of stuff in their Christian life. So we chose those people and we took those people. So we took this team over to the Philippines and we prayed well into it before we went. So we built faith in their lives. And I'd tell them, I'd say crazy faith things like, you will see the miraculous take place. I can guarantee you, you will see the miraculous take place and you'll see people saved. So there was a faith. And we went over there to the Philippines and we spent three days. That's all. Three days. And for those three days, we were constantly aware of what the Holy Spirit was doing. 
We were constantly aware of what he was saying, where to go, what to do. God, what are you saying in this situation? And you know what? Those people came back seeing huge miracles have taken place. And, and lots, I think, I don't remember how many people got saved, but lots and lots of people got saved in three days of just hanging out and being aware of what the Holy Spirit was going. We're going into the street and identifying, picking people on the street that we'd seen in prayer and ministering to those people and that sort of thing. Now, these, these people came back. They're good people. They're great Christian people. They've been Christians for a long time, but they just never seen this stuff. They spent three days of awareness in the Holy Spirit and they're never the same again, ever, ever. So imagine what we can do. Second thing, I better move it right along. If we align our thinking towards sharing our faith, God will always show up. <clears throat> Something that I'm so confident about, and I've seen it over and over again, where we can come and have you know, a meeting about this, that, or the other thing, but if, but, but if, we, if we gather together for the purpose of sharing our faith, God's power is always there. The miraculous is there. One-on-one, -on -one, I've seen more miracles happen sharing my faith than anywhere else. Anywhere else. God shows up. See, the power of the Christian life is found in sharing our faith. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and baptizes will be saved, but he who does not be, believe will be condemned. And these signs, ready? These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Woohoo! Come on! What sort of a promise is that? So you have the promise of protection when sharing your faith. So it doesn't matter what country you're in. And you have the promise of power when you're sharing our faith. You see, the most amazing miracles and power have always been linked to sharing our faith in God. You think of the disciples. Jesus sent out the disciples. He sent out 12 and then he sent out 70. And listen to the words. This is Matthew 10, 7. He said, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast the demon. Freely you have received. Freely give. See, all that stuff was in response to them freely giving what they had already received. They already had it. Then Luke 10, 17 says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They were shocked at the power that was available to them when they went out to share their faith. They were shocked. The blind were healed, the crippled walked, the possessed delivered. They saw healing after healing. You know, if we share our faith... Power is available. If you want to see, if you want to live a powerful life, if you want to live a life of signs and wonders, sharing faith is where you'll see it. It's, I, I don't, it's just the way it is. It is just the way it is. 
See, it's not just for the church. You know, sometimes we get the church together and we want to see signs and wonders, which we do, but it's not designed for that purpose necessarily. It's designed to share your faith and bring glory to God out there. See, the first time that Denise and I really ever saw the miraculous or or saw people saved was also in the Philippines. We we went across with a, a team from a church that were around in Sydney in the to, at the time, and we were green as grass. We'd been Christians under a year. So we had never experienced any of that stuff. And um, we went with a team leader who was fantastic, and he took us out on a few outreaches, and we played guitar, and we sung, and he preached, and did a great job, and people got saved, and all that stuff. It was awesome. Then he said, right, it's your turn. So he stuck us on a bus with a guitar, Denise and a couple of other people and off we went in the middle of nowhere and we set up in the middle of this little village with a basketball court and we started singing Christian songs. Now we'd never done this before on our own, this was like a new experience. And we played a few songs and I preached this little message that went for about probably five minutes at the most. First message I've ever preached in my life and I was totally shocked that 16 people gave their lives to the Lord. 16, I'm going far out. That's amazing. Then after that, a couple of girls brought this old woman up to Denise and, and she needed prayer because she was having, she had dysentery or something, gastro or something. And so Denise is praying for her and in praying for her, she noticed that her eyes didn't look that great and they said, oh no, she's blind. So Denise, oh, well, let's play for, pray, pray for her eyes. We were there praying for people. So she prayed for her eyesight. And after the first time she prayed, she prayed, she said she could see a little bit. So she prayed again. She could see a little bit more. And after the third time she prayed, she could totally see. Now, we had never seen a miracle in our life. We'd never seen anything in our life before. So this radically changed the way we thought. And you know... I, I, I wish I know what I know now. If I'd know what I know now, I would have had another altar call and more people would have got saved. And you know, but we 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 didn't know. So sixteen people got saved, and a blind lady got healed. Now it's all right to say that, but when a blind person gets healed in a village of a few people who'd never seen her grandkids before, that's dramatic. All because we were there to share our faith because that's where the power is amen all right when the gospel gets preached god shows up third thing sharing a faith just isn't a suggestion it's at the center of the two greatest commandments it's not just a suggestion so when jesus was asked what are the two greatest commandments he said this i'll read you the whole thing But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Commandment number one. Amen. We all agree. Commandment number two. And the second is just like it said Jesus, you shall love your neighbor as yourself and on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So 
everything that we understand about Scripture hangs on loving God and loving people. Amen? Well, if we're meant to love our neighbour as ourselves, how could we not share the thing? How could we not share why we are delivered, why we are set free? How we are forgiven and made righteous in him. How we see his power. How how he saved us from death to eternal life. It's just natural that if we love people, we would share those fantastic things with them. So this is not just a great idea. This is a commandment that we share the love of God with the people around us. Now I'm going to get really practical for a few moments before I share point four. And just chat a little about the practical side of doing this from 34, 35 years of making mistakes. Love is the best way to share your faith. There is no better way. The word says that love conquers all. Well, when it comes to sharing your faith with people, love if it's not done in love, if it's not surrounded by love, if it's not covered in love, if it's not totally painted in love, then one, it's going to offend people and it's not going to be effective. Love is the key. Secondly, take time to listen. I've found that listening is such an enormous key to being able to effectively share your faith. Now, I'm not talking about listening where you go, oh, yeah, 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 and you're thinking, while they're talking, you're thinking about the next thing you're going to say. Stop that. But listen. Listen to what they say. I had a situation once. I'll just share this briefly. I didn't plan to share this, but we just planted a church, like this church, and um, we were growing, and we leased a building, and it was just a bare concrete box and we had the church there and we were doing a busy bee and we were putting up curtains and we were having a great time and it was going really well and we're excited about this new church that we were we'd we'd planted a a while before this guy comes into the building who was and this was a saturday morning busy bee guy comes in the building who wasn't part of our church wasn't a christian he was actually the relative of one of the ladies in our church and he just happened to be with her and she dropped in and he comes in and he goes, this doesn't look like a church. Where's the stained glass windows? This is not a church. Can't be a church. The roof hasn't fallen in on me. I hate churches, he goes. And started swearing and carrying on. I'm going, whoa, you can't swear in here. Whoa. And, and, and he's, he's just going off. He's going, I hate churches. My parents hate my... My, my family always hate churches and this is full of hypocrites and, and, and just really, really let rip. I couldn't believe it. And then he started saying, my, my, my parents hated churches, my dad hated churches and, and you know, my dad was a really angry man and, and, and started to, to tell me about the relationship that he had with his father. Now, I'm, I'm thinking all this time, I'm thinking, what do I do with this guy? Do I crash tackle him? Do we drag him out of here? Do we get the elders? Do we, do we handcuff him and call the police? What do we do with this guy? And the Holy Spirit's going, shh. Don't you dare say a word. So I'm going, mm, okay. And he's going on, swearing and, and quite abusive and started to tell me about his dad and, and started to say how oh, his dad was a really abusive and rough man and, 
and, and used to abuse him and his, his brothers and sisters and, and how violent he was. And, and I, I just listened. I'm just, mm, okay, the Holy Spirit's going, I started to see tears well up in his eyes and he started to tell me about why, he's got, why his dad abused him and why his dad hated churches and how angry he was. And he started to cry started to cry, standing right next to me. And you know what? I hadn't said a thing. Not one thing. So all I did, I just laid my hands on his shoulder and I just prayed a prayer of love over him. And God, thank you for this man. Thank you that you love him and you want to take away his pain. You want to take away his hurt. And I had said nothing. Listening is the key. He broke his own heart. Sometimes we just need to genuinely listen and give people an opportunity to really be heard. I encourage other people to have faith for themselves. You know, I, I sometimes do this with, with Christians. It doesn't matter whether they're saved or not. You know, like if they're sick or something, say, well, why don't you, why don't you believe God that he, you know, encourage them to have a little bit of faith for themselves. This is sharing your faith. You understand what I mean? It's taking a piece of your faith and it's giving them to them. And you go, God can heal that. I'm sure I've seen God do miraculous things. I'm sure God can heal that. You're sharing the faith you have with that person. And they can use that faith to come into relationship with God. You know, sometimes we just need to have encourage others to have faith for themselves. Amen. Be consistent. Try, try not to be inconsistent in your, in your Christian walk because people are looking. Okay? Try, try to live a consistent walk. Don't compromise. Share about what God's done in you because that's the truth that cannot be denied. Amen? Don't, don't worry about getting into doctrine. Okay? I, I avoid doctrine with people at all costs. Even if they're Christian, semi-Christian, it doesn't matter what they are. I, I just avoid talking doctrine. In fact, um, don't, don't argue with people. You know, I've realized that, that God's big. He can look after himself. He, he doesn't need you to argue for him. You know what I do with people in that situation? Is just totally ignore them. Not, I, I just ignore what they say. If, if they say something I don't agree with, I just ignore it and I continue to counter with good and what God's done and, and what God can do and, and who God is. You, you just, just ignore that stuff. Yeah, don't get offended. Don't, don't get offended by what people say about God. God's okay. He can, he can deal with that stuff. Just carry on and just, just give testimony. Don't argue with people. Offer to pray for their needs. Now, that's what I missed. Now, people will, nine times out of ten, allow you to pray. Is that clock work on the back? Because I'm, I'm watching that clock thinking, gee, it's going slowly. So I hope it does work at the back. Great, okay. So I can still go, keep going. I'm thinking if that stopped, we're going to be here till four. <laughs> All right. So um, offer to pray for those in need. It's very rare. Even non-Christians won't accept an offer of prayer. 
I've been amazed how many non-Christian people. In fact, I, I had the opportunity of praying in a car in a yacht club car park the other day with a guy who his family are probably one or if not the most wealthy people in Perth. Just offered to pray and he said yes. Prayed for him in his car in the car park. And afterwards he hasn't stopped th- thanking me since. Encourage them to pray for themselves. Invite them to church, you know. I've been amazed. Sometimes our misconceptions of who people are and what they think is good, bad or indifferent is very different from what theirs is. So don't think that if they come along to church they'll think, oh, there's not many people here or it's da-da-da or it's what-what-what or it's the building's not big enough or something. Don't think that because you'd be surprised at how... Oh, sit them in that worship that we had this morning. They will be affected. There is no doubt. So invite people to church. Always be upbeat. Always be positive. But just always be respectful. Always be respectful. If you can show people you're being respectful, even with their opinions and the things that are incorrect, they will respect you. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your heart set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you. But do it courteously and respectfully. That's the key. So there are people across this city, there are numerous, like I'm not talking about five people, I'm talking about probably a hundred people, maybe two hundred, maybe a thousand people across this city who are ready to receive Jesus this morning. They're ready. You just need to find them. You just need to connect to who those people are. And we will see people saved like never, never before. My fourth point is this, and I'll finish with this, is that the Holy Spirit wants to live a great daily adventure with you. He wants that. So if every morning when we wake up in the morning, we go, Holy Spirit, I want you to take me on an adventure today. Show me that person that you want me to speak to. Lead that person. You know, that person might be one of those hundred or a thousand across Perth who are ready to give their life to Jesus, but he will send people to you that you have the opportunity to speak to. You see, God knows the situation you live in. He knows all that. You know, you just need to see what he's doing in people because God has positioned you in family, amongst friends, with workmates, with church associations. You know, he, he has positioned you ready to use you. You just need to know when and who. So if you want to, you know, go on this amazing adventure, I tell you, this is, this is a journey that'll be fun. It'll be exciting. It'll be intimidating. But it'll also be the most satisfying thing that we can do as Christians. I don't know, if you guys experience, when someone gives their life to Jesus, like gives their life to Jesus, don't, doesn't it make you go, woohoo, amazing, awesome. God wants us to live in that. You know, he wants us to live in that. So let's, let's, take, a bit of a, let's take a bit of a journey with the Holy Spirit this season, eh?
It's a good season. People are scared. They're worried. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's happening out there. This is a, a perfect opportunity. This is the season we're called to. Amen? Okay, let's just bow our heads and, and we'll just pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have in you. Lord, I thank you that you have, or you see the situation that we're in. You understand the season and the time in which we live. You see the desperation. You see the loneliness. You see the despair. You see the, the, the hearts of people who just want to receive you. Lord, I ask that you would connect us with those people. That you would connect us with the people who want to receive you. You know, if you're here today and you've never connected your life to Jesus, that's where it starts. That's where this journey starts. This journey starts as asking Jesus into your heart and allowing him to do a work in you that's new and special. Take away your sin, forgive you for your past and lead you into a future that's bright and new and exciting and full of hope and full of seeing people's lives changed around you. He wants the best for you. He loves you. He cares for you. If you're here this morning and you've never connected your life to Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, come and take control, I'd like to pray a simple prayer with you this morning right where you're sitting. And we're going to see God come into your life and do an amazing thing. If that's you this morning, and you'd like to receive Jesus today, just give me a wave. Don't let this opportunity go by. This is an opportunity to have relationship and be loved by the creator of the universe. He loves you. Just in case I don't miss anything, I think we should pray that prayer together. Let's, let, let's just pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you, Lord, that you have taken my sin. You have washed me clean. I ask that you forgive me for my past. And you turn me in the direction of your choice. Lord Jesus, today I give my life to you. I will serve you and I will love you. And Lord, I thank you for your free gift of eternal life. Lord, we just bless you and thank you for the opportunity to be able to live in you. Thank you for what you've done here this morning. and Thank you that we had the opportunity to worship you freely. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon our lives. Now, I, I just feel to do something this morning, if this is okay. Would you mind standing? <clears throat>
And look, this is a fairly tight group, so this can work. Is it, is it COVID okay to lay hands on the shoulder of the person next to you? Is that a COVID okay? I thought of holding hands, but maybe lay your hands on the shoulder. And we're going we're gonna to pray a corporate prayer and we're going to pr- pray over each other, amen? So if you can reach across, just pl- lay, place a shoulder on, on the person next to you. That's it. Look at that. All the gaps are being filled. That's, that's brilliant. Now, I heard you say something when we started the meeting. Uh, sorry, what was your name? And Rebecca said, we are a family. Okay? So we're not just individuals here who are looking for God's blessing. We're the church. We're his tools. We're his people. We're the ones he's chosen to actually do that out there. You know, I saw once when I was praying about sharing with you know sharing our faith I, I saw this large like combine harvester that was the church and it was and it was pieced together piece by piece by piece part by part and you have a part in this incredible combine harvesting harvesting tool together we are powerful together we can do amazing things. So let's pray today. Let's pray for the people standing next to us. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, that you'll touch every life in this room. Lord, that you'll cause opportunities to take place. Lord, that you would um, make supernatural opportunities arise in these people's lives that for family and workmates and friends, Lord, that they would be aware of what you're doing. Lord, I just ask that today would we, we would be all more, more aware of your Holy Spirit, all more aware of what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're leading us into. God, I just thank you that there is power in this room to see say, unsaved people freed, from deli- for deliverance to take place, for healings to take place, for, for sickness to be cast off. Lord, I just pray that, that every hand in this room would have power according to your promise in Jesus' name. Lord, we stand together as one and we choose to go out as your church. We're going to go out that door today and we're going to do our best at seeing the lost set free, at seeing you, the people loved out there who need you so much. God, we bless you today. We choose to be part of your church. Lord, we bless you and thank you for what you've done here today. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.